Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles. I'm your host, Chelsea, and with me is co-host, Arzu. Hello. Last week, we talked about SG-1 Season 3, Episodes 16 and 17 with fan favorite Ergo. Today, we're going to be talking about Episodes 18 and 19, Shades of Grey and New Ground. Shades of Grey premiered on February 11th, 2000, was written by Jonathan Glasner and directed by Martin Wood. New Ground premiered on February 18th, 2000, and was written by Heather Yash and directed by Chris McMullen. So we're getting involved in other people's politics in both of these episodes. Arzu, would you please summarize? So in Shades of Grey, um, Jack breaks bad. It's very sexy. (laughs) He steals a piece of technology in a very out of character move and we discover he has reasons of his own and then new ground is basically a season one episode that accidentally ended up in season three um (laughs) where they go to a new planet full of these people who don't understand the stargate or how it works or the gold at all and they're all very convinced in their very fixed life altering beliefs that we can resolve in 45 minutes or less (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is well, season one in a I nutshell mean, they don't really get resolved they just leave. resolve <laughs> resolve it enough to leave <laughs> well, resolve it enough to escape like not our monkeys not our circus bye yeah exactly <laughs> okay let's do our quote reveal last week I gave you the quote I haven't been acting my- like myself since I met you now I'm acting like myself And your guess was that Daniel's talking to the hot lady of the week, trying to convince her to trust them. But no, it was Jack who is trying to convince everybody that he is actually a jerk. (laughs) I can't believe there was no hot lady. (laughs) Shocker. I mean, there was one new woman character, whether or not you think she's hot. What? Fake Sam. Big Sam. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what her name actually is. It's just like Sam from Wish.com. Right. It was. I mean, she's she's something. pretty. It's just let's be real. That's what they were going for. Yeah. Well, I I want to say something about that. Let's when we get to it. Lieutenant Claire Tobias. That's her name. Anyway, there we go. So in this first episode, Shades of Grey, they go to see the Tolan to ask if they can have some technology, pretty please, because we saved your butts from the Gould. And they're like, mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and so Jack decides to steal the device that disables weaponry. And I think it's really interesting how little the rest of the team protests to him taking it. Because they all because well, because it's like, Sam was like, uh, is that a good idea? And Daniel's like, is that a good idea? Tilk doesn't really say anything. He just, you know, looks kind of confused. But they ultimately don't try to stop him from taking it, which they end up getting in trouble for later. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, okay, like, I just need to get this out of the way, the spoiler that Everything Jack is doing in this episode is part of like a long con. Yes. That he and Major Ham Major Hammond. General Hammond. General Hammond. <laughs> My brain just went, no, the disrespect. <laughs> he and General Hammond put together. Yeah. Okay. But besides that, 
I feel like them kind of appealing to them, like we want your tech and they're like, no, is something that they all kind of meant. So them thinking that their leader, Jack, is like taking this, like, well, he's got his reasons. And then his reasons as presented to them initially turn out to actually be terrible. And that's where they have an issue with it. I don't know. I think they knew it was terrible right away, but probably Sam felt like she couldn't do anything because it's her superior officer. And Teal'c isn't really one to fight against the team like that. I was surprised that Daniel didn't put up more of a fight. Because when they get back to the SGC and they're like talking to General Hammond about it, like Sam and Daniel both look really guilty for having participated in a way. Yeah, because they feel bad for not protesting. Right. But that that's what I'm thinking like in the when they don't protest, like they want to take the thing. They're like, we need the thing. But then like the longer they sit with it, they're like, well, I don't know if this was a good idea. They get in trouble and then they realize what Jack's reasons were. And then they're like, actually, yes, this was a terrible idea because there was no ulterior reason. Right. Like I feel like even looking guilty, like it's the wrong, like you did the wrong thing for the right reasons kind of thing. Right. Until they realize that no, Jack's actually in a ton of trouble. And then they're like, no, we made a terrible mistake. Right. And I, I feel bad, I feel like mostly for Sam, because she's just so confused and so conflicted about Jack doing something bad. I wasn't conflicted, I thought it was hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I put in my notes, because Jack has this whole really charged conversation with General Hammond that turns out to all be a front... Yeah. When they're like, why would you why would you take it? Like, you know, we were talking to them, you know, we're in negotiation, blah, 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 blah. And he's just going on about like, we have to get them before they get us. And he has this really raw, raw military attitude. Yeah. That was so strong and so bizarrely out of character. Which yeah. We realized by the end why. But it was so bizarrely out of character. I went back to check the date. I'm like, is this post September 11th? <laughs> no. Because a lot of media did get like that after September right. 11th. There was a lot of us and them. So, which I've said before, but I'm very curious to see how the show changes. Right. Yeah. When we get into like late 2001, early 2002. But yeah, it was just, it was like weirdly intense. And then by the right. end, you're like, oh, it's because he was acting. Yeah. Yeah. Jack has never been, uh, like, obviously he's a colonel in the military, but he's never been super. Raw, raw like, America. Yeah, and like wanting the military to be involved in every little thing. That's why I thought it was so weird. Yeah. Yeah, definitely out of character. And I did think it was interesting that General Hammond said that they hold themselves to the highest moral standards. I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay. That's probably the goal. I'm not sure you always adhere to the highest moral standards. Do they ever? I mean, they generally try to do the right thing, but you know, what is the right thing sometimes? Yeah. I was like shocked right off the top because, first of all, I thought it was funny that we're having this conversation about the weaponry again when I feel like we just had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Was it like last week? It was a couple episodes ago. I don't remember. That was, it was, it was like really like recent. When, yeah, with Scara. Yeah. And her just being like, we don't trust you. 
mm-hmm. to not like I know it's really on the nose but sometimes I like these really on the nose kind of declarations and shows like this because it's just so cathartic I don't know so she's <laughs> like she's like we don't trust you with our tech and Jack's like well what if we like promise not to use it she's like you can't make that promise and I'm like yeah I can't believe he thought that would work <laughs> so yeah they're, the Tolan are smart enough to know that, you know, the SGC is not in control of the United States and the United States is not in control of the world. Yeah, like, he's like we, she's like, you're going to use it on each other. And he's like, no, we're not. I'm like, yes, you are. Yeah, 100% would. Like, I'm already shocked half the tech they've found and brought back hasn't been used in, like, like Earth conflict. Right. Maybe it has been and we just haven't seen it. I don't know, but... We'll see more of that as time goes on, like things being adapted for civilian use and stuff like that. But like civilian use, not like military use on civilians. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean, though, that I'm surprised it hasn't been given a military application for like Earth militaries as opposed to just the military looking outward. Not for like ordinary type stuff, for planet saving type stuff, maybe. Like that's what I mean. Like defense. for in, like for in within the planet, I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I also felt bad for Teal'c because, you know, he left. He originally left his home planet, following Jack, and it's like, you know, this is the guy that I left my people for, and he's being a jerk. <laughs> and I mean, it's just it was interesting watching all three of them have you know different levels of feeling betrayed by jack yeah and so he gets jack gets sent home he takes retirement instead of going to prison and yeah as the i guess he's as he's on his way out he delivers that line of i haven't been acting like myself since i met you to sam and i'm like oh no (laughs) my heart poor sam and then so Daniel goes to visit him at his house and he tells Daniel that their friendship has no foundation and Daniel leaves and I'm like, oh man, he's like really burning some bridges. Oh my God. They're just, I know Daniel says at the end that they all drew straws to see who would come talk to Jack, even though Jack's mm-hmm. like, thanks for coming, man. It means a lot. That's not what Jack sounds like. He's like, you know, it meant a lot, whatever. And Daniel's like, oh, no, we drew straws. I know he said that, but I feel like Sam's like, I'm not going in there. <laughs> not after that I shit. Think. But yeah, I, did I think don't know. It was um, fun when Daniel came to visit. And he's like, you're not the early retirement type anymore. Right. I'm like, oh, movie reference. Yep. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I wonder. I'm thinking maybe he meant by that, like, he's in a better place mentally. Yeah, And, you know, is handling the ins and outs of the SGC just fine and, you know, all the pressure and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, it's like, who, who is this harder on Jack for having to burn some bridges or them for receiving the burnt bridges, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I guess it's probably worse on them because they don't know it's an act. At least he knows that he can apologize later. Very true. I did really like how he played 
like how Jack the character acted around Mayborn. Like Mayborn comes to talk to him and try to recruit him to this rogue group and Jack you know is pretty standoffish with him and I was like that's really smart because if you had been you know cozying up to Mayborn the second you saw him he would know something was up yep because they have a very contentious relationship <laughs> so <laughs> he can't be nice to Mayborn because then it would that would be a red flag I don't know if I'm misremembering this but was there not a moment where Jack and Hammond are like alone somewhere and Jack's still in character or was there something else there? Um, so after Jack tells, like he has a meeting with Mayborn and agrees to join the group and he needs to get off world and they, and Mayborn doesn't have control of the second Stargate anymore. So he goes back to the SGC and tells Hammond that he wants to retire off world and Colonel Makepeace is in General Hammond's office. Right. So somebody else wasn't there. Okay. Because I yeah. didn't remember the Colonel being in there. So I'm like, why is he in character when he's alone with Hammond? But okay. Yeah. Because somebody was there. And I think Hammond specifically made sure that he would be in there because somebody needed to hear that conversation. Right. That's yeah. smart. This is so like, this was a good episode because it was like, espionage yes (laughs) yeah and so jack claims that he wants to retire back to lara's world from the 100 days episode this is why my notes say you know jack in the middle (laughs) because no and i felt really bad for sam because sam was there watching him leave to go to this other planet to supposedly be with lara i'm like oh man she's like feeling betrayed by him and then he goes to another woman he should just kiss her and make it better (laughs) maybe that happens afterwards yes it's canon (laughs) they all go back to a party at his place and everybody else leaves early and sam stays behind yes i like it i agree yeah yeah but yeah, I mean, she like probably, you know, was already going through the hard time thinking that he loved Lara. And this is just like confirming that he might love Lara. And it's like, oh, man. False. He does not love her. He can't stand her. <laughs> he hates her. I don't know about he can't. I don't think that. No, he doesn't hate He's her. He just clingy. Don't like her. So I'm they the assign. What? You got in the way of my shit. Oh, yeah, that's true. So they assign Colonel Makepeace to lead SG-1 with Jack gone. And when they're Daniel and Sam and Teal'c are talking about who might be assigned to their unit, Daniel mentions Freddy. And Freddy is one of the original characters who was in the movie and in the first Uh couple episodes of the show. But we haven't seen him since like the first episode. He had enough of their nonsense. I was like, I didn't know he was still alive. You know? I didn't know he was still around because we haven't seen him this whole time. I was like, oh, okay. I guess he is alive. Because pretty much everyone from the original mission died. And I would have thought that, like, someone like that who has been around for a long time would be brought up more often. You know what I mean? Maybe they just needed a name. And they're like, we had a guy in the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they intended to bring him back occasionally, and it just never really worked out. Like for contract reasons, or just didn't. Or maybe just even didn't just story wise, didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. So Daniel protests Colonel Makepeace being in charge because he thinks that Sam should have command, and Sam is just like, "Please don't." <laughs> no, <laughs> good thank ones. you. Because she's just like she understands the military, and she's like, "There's no way they're going to let the frontline unit be commanded by a major." So, <laughs> like, please shut up, Daniel. <laughs> but I mean, I think I would have said something too if I were Daniel. I'd be like, "Yeah, she should get command." I mean, there's no good reason. Just because she's not high enough rank. I know, but like. How do you earn the rank? It's like you need experience to get experience. Yeah. And it made me wonder, actually, if Daniel would have protested even more if he hadn't gone to see Jack and felt betrayed. You know, because since he felt betrayed by Jack, then he's like, you know, reluctantly accepting that Makepeace is going to be a part of the team. Whereas right. maybe if he hadn't had that conversation with Jack he would have been more opposed to it. Maybe, but I just like Sam's excuse of not having a high enough rank, therefore she can't do it, just doesn't seem strong enough to me. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with somebody on Twitter today about that because it kind of comes up in other circumstances. Like in Atlantis, there are two different majors who get to command a team. Mm-hmm. And but it's like slightly different circumstances because there weren't any colonels available to lead the teams. But then when you compare it back to SG-1 and it's like, well, obviously it can be okay for a major to lead the team. So (laughs) because she's a girl, right? Yeah, it seems really sexist. Gross. Oh, and one thing I was thinking with Jack meeting with Mayborn, they went into Mayborn's private plane and were just like flying around randomly while they had this like secret meeting because Mayborn thinks that's the only safe place to have a secret conversation without being overheard. In a little like, airplane. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, so Mayborn is single handedly speeding up global warming because he you know, just I hated that guy keeps taking plane trips with no destination in mind probably on a daily basis too i'm just imagining his pilot going okay and then just going in another like circle but the thing with that is you can't even do that you have to have a flight plan i wonder if he just picks like a random destination like whatever city's cuisine he's craving that day (laughs) it's like we're going to new mexico today or whatever yeah Yeah, because you can't just fly around wherever you want because then you might crash into other planes without knowing their flight plans. Right. So you're just charting little flight plans. And, like, nobody is in the military is questioning all of these random flights that Mayborn is going on literally every day in order to make contact with his team. Like, maybe he's independently wealthy and funds it himself. That's possible. Hmm. The super villains usually are. Yeah, I don't know. We never learned quite that much about him to know 
if that would be true or not. Canon. <laughs> yeah, so Hammond talks to Makepeace about leading SG-1 and Makepeace is saying that he doesn't really feel welcome and he calls Teal'c the Jaffa and I'm like, wow, okay, so you're racist. <laughs> I mean, are we surprised? And Hammond is like, well, maybe you would get along with him better if you didn't call him the Jaffa. And it's like, yeah, you tell him, Hammond. <laughs> He's being super racist right now. Yeah, I mean, he probably doesn't care. He honestly probably doesn't see it that way. Who, Makepeace or Hammond? Makepeace. Okay. No, Hammond cares. Well, Makepeace is absolutely the kind of person who would say, oh, I'm not racist. I have friends who are black, but then does shit like this and doesn't call Tilk by his own name and just calls him the Chua. So I'm saying he doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't see it as a problem. Yeah. When Jack went to Lara's world in order to travel to the secondary planet that Mayborn's special forces team is on, I did notice that the DHD on Lara's planet had exposed wiring. And I was like, that's a really nice touch because we know that the DHD was buried along with the Stargate when Jack was there. So they would have had to dig it up and it's extremely likely that it got damaged and they had to repair it. So I really like that. There's that, just that little detail that you normally wouldn't notice, but like people are thinking about it in the background. Set deck was paying attention. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. So Jack gets to this planet that has Mayborn's team on it. And we've seen some of the people before um, in the episode where they originally go to hunt down the second Stargate. And some of them go through the Stargate and disappear. And um, so we find out this is where they went to. And one of them is this woman with short blonde hair similar to Sam. But fake Sam. I'd say I would say a bit younger, younger, darker hair. Yeah, so attitude. that's a bit more of the we, classic '90s badass. Yeah, so that's Lieutenant Claire Tobias, and I was like kind of confused by what she said because so she said something that reminded Jack of Sam, and he said so, and she was like, "Yeah, I Sam beat me out of a position at Stargate Command." And I was like, honestly, that doesn't even make sense because Sam is an astrophysicist and Tobias is an engineer. So they wouldn't be competing for the same role. Maybe in their... Oh, no, I was going to say maybe in the early days, but that's not... That's the other thing, is that Sam supposedly joined the Stargate program two years before the first mission they ever went on. So if we're going... By... Wait, no. Yeah. No, not no you, no to what I was thinking. Like, because they have the Stargate since Catherine, right? Like, since she brought it. Well, but it was in storage. They didn't bring it out until more recently. But was there, like, a program devoted to it prior to the events of the movie? I don't remember. Yeah, because Sam says in one of the episodes that she was working on it for two years, trying to figure out how to get it to work. Before okay. they went on the, on that mission. Okay, so then my, my train of thought does make sense. So maybe this was in their early days, like when they were still in school, mm-hmm. like whatever, that they had both applied for like a more entry-level position. But to me, 
Tobias looks a lot younger than Sam. Well, she looks younger than Sam. That doesn't mean she is younger than Sam. I wonder if I can find out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check. Okay, Amanda Tapping right now is 57. Linnea Sharples is the other actress. She is born in 1968. How old is she? So she's 55. Okay, so it's only a couple of years. But how old was Amanda Tapping? 57. Okay. Only two years. I mean, that's a couple years bad. among graduate students. <laughs> I guess just because she looks too young to have been working, wanting to work on the Stargate program for six years. Because well, so we're in the third year of the show, and the show took place one year after the movie, and Sam was working on it two years before that. Well, assuming they are the same age as they are in real life, Sam's 34. Take away six years, she's 28. So this girl would have been 26. Graduate student Yeah, age. I guess so. She just looks very young. But I guess not getting the SGC job really made a big difference because she's still a lieutenant. And Sam has gotten promoted, what, twice during that time? That's because Sam's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Second lieutenant, first lieutenant, captain, major. So I don't know if Tobias is first or second lieutenant, but Sam is at least two grades above her now. Sam's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't think they'd be going for the same job, though, if she's an engineer or if Tobias is an engineer. But, but anyway. if they were still students, then, then they might but have that's been still the same, like, a different, Still a different field of study, but if the, yeah. if the job they were asking for was more general... Yeah. Than something specifically astrophysics or engineering. I, I mean, as somebody who worked with engineers for years, you could be like a chemical, civil, environmental, electrical, and half the time you're just doing paperwork anyway. So <laughs> the number of people who looked so disillusioned, like at my age, so they're like, I'm not doing any actual engineering. Mm -hmm. Very common. Yeah, it's fair. So Jack gets to go on a couple missions for this rogue team. They go to a planet that SG-9 has already been to to steal a small device. And then Jack volunteers to go leave that device on a planet where the mole for the team will be so he can take it back to Earth, which ends up being Makepeace. And I'm like, well, you know, that fits. <laughs> that's Why that's not too surprising. That's a funny know. name for a person. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about it. He does not make peace. No, he makes war. Yeah, it's very ironic for him. <laughs> Bad joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, make peace is the traitor, and Thor is watching this whole thing, so he sees the gate address that Jack goes back to, so he knows where the rogue team is hiding out. And so he goes and starts collecting, Thor starts collecting all of the stolen devices. And Jack forces all of the rogue team to go back to Earth to be arrested. And it's like, yay, Jack, save the day. So funny. He's like, <laughs> they're going to start getting people next. You better run. And I'm like, very nice. <laughs> and Makepeace really thought that he was going to get away with it, too. But Jack was like, nope. Mm -mm. 
And then, like, Sam and Daniel are in the background, like, what's going on? I like Daniel just kind of coming out going, so it was all a setup and you stole this to call it. I'm like, thank you, yeah. Dr. Jackson, for that summary. Yeah, he gave like a really nice episode summary. <laughs> like, Let's I recap. Like, I like, I'm like, Daniel, would you please summarize the episode? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I have a note that's like, Sam is like, oh, thank God. It's okay for me to still be in love with you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my ship. That's my ship. They love each other so much. Yeah. I can't wait for them to kiss. <laughs> when? I don't know. But it's going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, it's happened in real life between the actors because they kiss at cons all the time. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> I actually don't know if they're married to other people or not. They are married to other people. yeah. <laughs> or at least they have been. I don't know if they're currently married or single, but. But, like, Amanda Tapping has, like, a couple kids, I think. She, yeah, she got a couple kids. She's still married. Is he married? I have no idea. Not that this changes things at all. But <laughs> he is no longer married. Okay. But she is. They're adorable together at cons. They're all over each other. Hugging they and really dancing are. and kissing. And, like, whenever they do photos with fans... They both, like, get right up against people's faces. Like, they will smush faces with fans. They're in love. Okay, I wish I hadn't looked at this. No, I mean, like, they'll smush faces with fans. No. What? I wish I hadn't looked at Richard Dean Anderson's Wikipedia. Did you get a spoiler? Stop reading. Anderson left Stargate SG-1 because he wanted to spend more time with his daughter. I'm like, what do you mean he left? Stop reading spoilers. I'm looking at the personal life section. I thought I was safe. I'm mad now. It's going to be okay, I promise. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry for that Richard Dean Anderson tangent. Also, sorry about the spoilers. Everyone it will else. be okay, I promise. It's not as bad okay. as you think it is. Okay. You told me nobody dies permanently, yeah. and I'm like yeah. holding you to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be fine, I promise. Okay. Anything else about this episode? No. Okay. So on to New Ground. What makes you feel like this episode belonged in season one? Because season one was very like a, we've gone to this unknown planet. Here are the locals. They are in conflict. They are slaves of the Gwold. They worship the Gwold. They are, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. And then it's a, we need to get out kind of plot. Yeah. Like the, the first season, I think like because you can establish team dynamics that way, because you can kind of establish how your world works. It really benefits you in your long running sci-fi series to have a very repetitive formula yeah. in your first season. Cause then that kind of lets everything else settle. And this felt so like the season one formula to me. Yeah, that's true. That I actually did zone out a couple times. <laughs> More than a couple times. Because I'm like, I don't need to listen. I know what's happening. Because yeah. it's so season one. So that's why. Yeah. And there's not very many references to other things going on necessarily. So it definitely was. A the only thing that I heard a reference for was that they bring a Naquita generator along to be able to dial a Stargate since it doesn't have a DHD. And right. that's the technology that they just developed from that pre-Aztec place 
Right. And what was the episode called? Oh, Learning Curve. Yeah. But otherwise. Yeah, otherwise there was nothing. I feel like there was no personal information or other plot reference to indicate that it would necessarily need to be in season three. So, yeah. No, it's, it was just like a... Because like the last episode dealt with like the Tolan, something we'd seen already, and this kind of concept of they won't sell their tech. Like it mm-hmm. pays, not pays off, what am I thinking of? It plays into something we've seen already. This episode mm-hmm. really didn't. So it was kind of jarring to get this like right. disconnect. And I'm almost wondering if it's one of those like late in season episodes where it's like the network ordered 22, we have, or 23, we have ideas for 22. Somebody think of something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. And they were like, hear me out. What if it's a group of people who were enslaved by the gold and put on this planet with primitive technology? Mm-hmm. And they're like, my God, Johnson, you're a genius. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I also wonder if it was a way to introduce the cold dialing program, which they could potentially could use later. So, Do they use it later? I can't remember, but it's possible. Cool if they do. Yeah, I don't. That's just something I'll have to keep my eye out for. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything, but it's possible. So Sam explains that if they dial a Stargate and it doesn't make a connection, she has created a computer program to occasionally redial and see if a connection is able to go through. And so, because the people on this planet unburied the stargate they finally make a connection but it does make me wonder how much of it has to be unburied for the connection to go through because in all of it well because in this case the stargate is still vertical so it's like how does it not need to be vertical well normally when stargates get buried they're horizontal unless it just got encased therefore buried you know what i mean well, yeah, but it makes me because they only took out most of the rocks on the front side. They had, hadn't even quite gotten to getting rid of all of the ones on the front side of the Stargate. So it's like how much of it the front needed to be uncovered. Those, those pieces that light up, those are chevrons, right? Yeah. Maybe all the chevrons need to be out? Yeah. I feel like they were all out. Or maybe it's just the space in front of the event horizon needs to be clear. Could be. Or even just like the Chevron parts need to be clear enough for the ring to rotate. Yeah. Because it seemed like some of them, there were still rocks in front of part of the Stargate, but if they were just displaced from the surface of the Stargate enough for the in a ring to rotate, then it would still work. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. And obviously the DHD doesn't need to be unburied in order for the Stargate to work because no. their DHD was still buried. I feel like the DHD is like one of those things where it's like nice to have, but it's not 100% necessary. <laughs> yeah. I was impressed that Jack was the one that realized that there wasn't a DHD and that they would need to bring a power source to dial back. <laughs> He's so smart. Yeah. I love him. I feel like normally it's like Sam or Daniel making those kinds of observations, but... I feel like it would have been funny if somebody said something to me like, hey, I say smart stuff too. 
<laughs> yeah. He's not so, like an idiot. He's just like emotionally an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they, SG-1 ends up going through to this planet and they meet two archaeologists and one of them immediately runs off to go report it. And uh, so they make friends with Nyan and those darned military of this planet come to investigate. Teal'c is able to run off in the woods, but the rest of SG-1 is captured and they're put into these little cages inside of a tent while being questioned. And I was really confused with the way that the interrogation scene was cut because... Why? Well, because we know from larger shots that all three of them were sitting next to each other in separate cages. Mm -hmm. But the way that the camera jump cuts from one person to another during the interrogation very suddenly made it seem like they were being interrogated separately. Maybe they didn't have all of them on set the whole time. Mm. could be because it would be like the the interrogator would ask a question and they would each answer different aspects of the same question but not in a way that where the dialogue would flow together and make sense if they were all in the same room could it be like one of those you know like those montage things that shows you where it's like I'm thinking of that 70s show because that's the first thing that popped into mind for this example. But, like, there's an episode where the four guys go on a job interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they go on a job interview. And it's the same job they're interviewing for. So it cuts between the guy hiring them and then each of them individually. And it's just he'll he'll ask them a question and then it'll cut to each of them answering it. So mm -hmm. wondering if part of it was, like, that to create, like, a question, answer, 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 kind of, like, zippy yeah. dialogue thing. But then in-universe, their reasoning is... If they play off each other, the interrogators are going to think they're colluding somehow. Whereas if they just give their own prepared answer while towing the line of what they're willing to admit, then they're, it seems more like the truth as opposed to like a collusion. You know what I mean? I guess. You even need to check with him. This is my answer because I know it's true. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Just the combination of the way the camera was cutting and the way they are answering the questions, it just made it seem like... It wasn't what it was. You know, I don't know. It, just... it could also just be bad editing. <laughs> yeah. That's also, like, we're sitting here coming up with canon reason. It could also just be bad editing. Yeah, because I, I had in my notes that it looked like in one shot when Daniel was being questioned that, because the cages were fairly close to each other, not directly next to each other, but fairly close. And when Daniel was being questioned, the camera was zoomed out enough that it looked like there weren't any other cages there. But at the very beginning and the very end of the interrogation, they're all three there. So, yeah, I don't know. It just confused me. I don't know, man. So, Teal'c gets shot in the face with a stun weapon and loses his sight. He initially doesn't want Nyan's help because he's stubborn and <laughs> doesn't trust right. new people easily. <laughs> um, but Nyan helps him heal his eyes with some technology. You know, meanwhile, the others are getting interrogated and Jack ends up getting like a sustained electrical charge for 30 seconds, which can't be good. <laughs> no, I feel like that should kill you. Yeah. 
I guess it was a really low electrical charge, but then the way he was reacting to it earlier made it seem like it was pretty strong. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Hammond dials in to find out what's taking them so long to dial back and finds out that SG-1 has been captured. And I was like, you made Hammond mad. That's a bad idea. <laughs> he is getting some troops ready to come after you, buddy. <laughs> you stole his kids. Yeah, basically, it's like... <laughs> he's Hammond is very much like a dad sometimes. He was like, oh, no. He really <laughs> you is. He's your dad. You come for my kids, you come for me. And I noticed, so the commander on this planet is called Rygar, and he was limping the entire time. And it really made me wonder if that was like part of his character or if the actor just had a limp and they went with it. Nowadays, I would say it's just part of, it's just the actor and it's not part of the thing. But in the year 2000, if your character is limping, there's a reason. Hmm. But it never like comes up. Battle hardened or something and weary. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he has an excuse to do less of the fighting himself. Yeah. So Teal'c and Nyan come to the rescue. They're able to steal a little flying ship and come in guns ablaze well, stun guns ablazing <laughs> and rescue SG one. And Teal'c's eyesight isn't totally better yet, but he still manages to be a perfect shot. Even with poor eyesight. Because <laughs> so Teal'c is awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's just speaks to his training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more likely. <laughs> yeah. He was like, ah, I can see vaguely where they're standing. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah, and so basically it's like a mad dash to the Stargate. And they have to leave all of their gear behind because they're racing out of there. And I'm like, man, they lost a lot of money worth of gear because it was a MALP, all of their like personal effects, like their vests, their guns, their radios, and then they also walked away with their lives. Yeah, but also a Nakwa generator, which is very costly. Is that going to come up again? Not that one was left behind, no. But I mean. In later seasons, like, kind of understand that they don't have very many of them because it's hard to obtain the, the Nakoda that you need for them. So losing one is kind of a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, it makes me wonder if they ever try dialing that planet again and been like, hey, can we just get our stuff back? <laughs> we're not, we're not going to get involved. Just can you, like, put everything in the mouth and just push it back? Right. <laughs> Probably not. Nah. So they have dated or something. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm thinking the people on that planet probably study all of it and try to make some of their own. Or that. So Nyan goes back to the SGC with them since he colluded and so he probably would have been sent to prison or worse if he had stayed. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel I feel bad for him because, I mean, not only is he you know, leaving his planet, but Daniel is like, oh, you know, you're in luck. I really need an assistant. And I'm like, you taking this guy from his home planet to do your paperwork, Daniel? 
Like, Daniel Jackson remains problematic. Yeah. Problematic man. Yeah, and he, we never see this actor again. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's how busy guy. he is doing Daniel's paperwork. I guess so. I just He's locked in the basement for the guy. Yeah, like let him out, Daniel. <laughs> let him see fresh air. <laughs> A random factoid is that the second in command on this planet. Harry also appears on a random episode in season nine as a different character. Guess they liked him. That's the the lady. Her. Yeah. They liked her. Oh, and I did note down that so when Teal'c and Nyan are off like helping Teal'c heal a little bit before coming to rescue SG1, Teal'c bumps into the cave wall. And these giant bats swarm out and kind of attack him on their way out of the cave. I'm like, oh, he's having a little Batman moment. <laughs> I would have just cried and curled up in the corner. Because no. What, what about an AU where Teal'c becomes Batman? <gasps> I love it. <laughs> I want it. Where did Somebody he write money, me that. Though. Thank you. Where would he get the money, though? Hmm. From... The guy with the private jet. Mayborn? Mayborn? Mayborn. But Mayborn, Mayborn doesn't like him. Why would he help him? Because he wants to defect from SG-1 and be Batman. And Mayborn's like, cool. Here's the money. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Honestly, he just goes back to, like, gold land and steals some of those gold hats Apophis liked so much. And he just bankrolled the whole thing. That's what I was thinking. Like, he stole a bunch of, like, gold and jewelry and stuff. And... Like, apologies to all our listeners, because we're gone how many episodes into this now? 35 episodes into this, and I just called it Gwaldland, so, like, I'm tired. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, it it could be Chulak, but it could be another Gwold planet. There's lots of Gwold planets. So the collective of Gwold planets is called Gwaldland. This is yeah, canon sure. now. Yeah, Thank that's you. fine. Thank you for validating me. We understand what you mean. And I thought it was really funny... The commander Rygar, like when SG One is trying to escape, he has his like stun gun, and he he like takes a big breath and puffs his cheek out, his cheeks out as if he's about to go underwater before firing his gun. And I'm like, what are you doing, <laughs> nerd? <laughs> You're not about to go swimming, dude. <laughs> Maybe he's one of those. It, like it's one of those military situations where you can like buy a commission, you know, and he kind of like bought his way up into the military. Maybe he has bone spurs. Yeah. Ooh, topical, not topical. <laughs> that's an old joke. <laughs> yeah, that's a what a 2016 joke. That's a 2016. That's a vintage joke. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say about this episode? No, ma'am. Oh, one more thing I had noted in the first episode. I wanted to commend Donna Davis for saying the word court martialable multiple times without messing it up. <laughs> Maybe he did mess it up, like in the outtakes. That's possible. Like, this is a court martialable offense. And he says it many times. I'm like, what? how many times did you have to practice that? He was ready. He came ready. <laughs> he really did. Anything problematic in these episodes? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Make Peace was racist, but I think that was in line with his character. Not necessarily yeah. like a bad writing choice. Yeah, that's not the show. That's just the character. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next week we're going to be talking about episodes 20 and 21, Maternal Instinct and Crystal Skull. And you're welcome to watch along with us. Arzu, are you ready for your next quote? Yes, ma'am. Apparently, his failure to prove the crystal skull was more than just a curiosity caused a severe mental breakdown from which he's never been able to fully recover. Did you say um, Dr. Frazier is going to be incorporated into these two? Yes. I think it's Dr. Frazier. Okay. They bring somebody back from wherever they went. She examines them. And this is her conclusion. Okay. We'll find out next week. That's it for today. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would love for you to give us five stars wherever you listen. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can find us on our podcast Twitter and Tumblr page at Wormhole Waffles. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. Arzu, how about you? I'm on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm at Arzu D2 everywhere else. As a network, we are on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are The Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. We are The Geeky Waffle on YouTube. We're at thegeekywaffle.com. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon.